When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of our Memory Lane podcast here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Can you imagine how cool it would be to grow up in a professional city, get picked by the professional team in that city, and then get to go on and have a great career for that franchise? Our guest today got to enjoy just that. Ryan Bugsy Malone, Pittsburgh native, played for the Penguins. Ryan, uh, really appreciate you taking some time to join us. What, what, what a fascinating ride all of that must have been, man. Yeah, it's um, crazy looking back. You know, I think once you get uh, older, you look back at uh, how your life kind of has started and grew up and reflect on some choices you made. And uh, it was definitely uh, a privilege and a blessing to, to kind of grow up as a rink rat uh, in the igloo there and uh, meet some amazing people and ultimately just uh, just fall in love with the game and um, have uh, these, uh, this, this crazy career that uh, you never thought was possible. So you, you do grow up in Pittsburgh, and, and I did ask you right before we came on, I, did, I didn't want to just assume you were a Penguins fan, although, but you were a Penguins fan. What was your Penguins fandom like growing up? Um, honestly, I remember uh, pretty much right when I was born, I think uh, my dad was playing for the Penguins there and uh, bringing me down to their rink. Um, as a young kid, um, in my diapers to, to, to actually when I made the team, it, it was, uh, Steve Latin was the trainer there for many years in Pittsburgh and he was sharpening me, my skates and giving me sticks when I was a little kid. And then to actually make the team, um, in 03 there and, and be part of, the you know, the penguin pride going on that sweater was ultimately uh, a dream that I never thought was even possible, uh, coming true. So it was, uh, just very crazy and bizarre. I felt <laughs> how it worked out, but um, I always believed everything happened for a reason, and um, was nothing but an honor and privilege to, to pull on that sweater in Pittsburgh. What was your childhood like as a as a hockey player growing up? Hockey family in Pittsburgh. What, just explain what uh, what what it's like to be eight year old Ryan Malone, twelve year old, fourteen year old. Yeah, I think um, well, growing up there and playing hockey. I think my first hockey team. I was nine years old. And I remember uh, I would always, like, skate and, you know, play street hockey, knee hockey, and then it was just kind of time to be on a team around nine. I remember going to trials, and I never learned to stop yet. <laughs> and uh, that was part of, the, obviously, the requirements. But that was 
kind of my start in hockey. And, um, you know, I think uh, the journey, my dad, I think knowing how hard it was to get to the NHL, he never uh, pressured uh, myself or brother to, to force us to do anything or, you know, go shoot pucks or go do this. He always just wanted to make sure we were having fun. Um, and ultimately, I just fell in love with the game. Um, and growing up there in Pittsburgh, I mean, there literally was like three rinks around town, um, you know, long ago. And no one really went to college or even uh, um, Division three hockey. You know, he never heard much. There's a, a few of my friends went to like Junior B, Culver Military School. Um, those are the things I heard of uh, guys leaving. So to, to have Robert Morris around now and uh, Division one college that's been successful, I think it's great for the local kids. It shows how much hockey has grown in the city and how it's become a hockey town. Um, so you kind of, I got to see uh, the unique perspective kind of behind the scenes of what, uh, you know, a hockey rink and hockey team can do for a city. And uh, it was very, uh, you know, uh, it, was a, it was once again a, a privilege and blessing to see it uh, from that side of uh, the rink. Your dad, Greg, played in the NHL for 11 years, 76 to 87. You were born in 1979. So... You kind of you you were just a, a a toddler growing up around it, but then your dad went off his last year with the Penguins, eighty two, eighty three. Then when he goes to plays for plays for Hartford, uh, and then Quebec, so he's away for. What what was that like as a as a young kid? You know, your dad's playing hockey and you're following the sport and everything, but but he's off sometimes. You know, playing in his career in other places. Just what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, um, it was a lot of work for my mom, obviously, where they're uh, divorced. So she had a, she was the one getting up at 5 a.m. to get to the rinks um, and everything. And um, I think uh, knowing my dad, we go see him in Hartford and come back. I remember those trips as, as a kid, uh, being around the locker room with, like, Ron Francis and Kevin Deneen. Um, a quick story, uh, I remember, like, uh, those guys and my brother we were playing hide-and-go-seek in the Hartford Whalers locker room. And they ended up stuffing my brother like in the dirty laundry. So Ron Ron Francis became my uh, favorite player. Um, so uh, it, it was great. You got to kind of see the inside, you know, behind the scenes of the locker room. And um, even in Pittsburgh, there, my dad after he was done playing was uh, the head scout. So you got to you know draft Yager all the way up to Flurry, Crosby, and Malkin. Um, and we were always kind of around the rink there. And my dad's office is next to Craig Patrick's office. So being in the locker room, I think, and seeing the guys pull pranks on each other and uh, having fun and all that uh, extracurricular stuff that goes on, I think, is really what uh, made me fall in love with the game and understand it is just a game, and uh, we're, we're very lucky and privileged to be able to play that. Crazy aside here, Penguins have a cool logo. I always like the Milwaukee Brewers logo. It's an M and a B with a baseball glove. Is there any better logo than the Hartford Whalers, Ryan. You ever? I mean, I, I I just pulled up a picture of it here. We haven't seen it in a long time. The whale been gone for a long time. How good is that logo, man? It, it was. I remember even uh, the Brass Bonanza song uh, playing knee hockey with my brother. We put on the Brass Bonanza song and come out to their little knee hockey rink or whatever. I thought it was always pretty cool. And um, another, I guess, crazy ending to my career. I ended up in Hartford, uh, Connecticut, with a Rangers minor league team, and ah. I'm sitting on the bench, and Brass Bonanza comes on. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> I, just went, I just went kind of full circle. It felt like uh, 
so it was pretty cool and um <clears throat> being part of the hockey community as a as a child and uh, getting to know all these amazing people uh it's it's the hockey community is a special place and i was proud uh, to be part of it Something interesting, though. You're the son of an NHL player. You go, you go to Upper St. Clair, St. Clair High School. You're there. Was there pressure on you? Did you feel that? Notice it? Recognize it? Or was 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 it even a factor as you're 15, 16 years old trying to make a name for yourself in the sport? Yeah, no. There, there was definitely no pressure. Um, right around that 15, you know, mark. I, I definitely. My dad kind of mentioned if I wanted to play baseball or hockey. Uh, more seriously and, you know, to maybe try to get a college scholarship. I should, uh, you know, put in some work in the summers. Um, so I decided to actually go to Minnesota hockey camps, a uh, camp uh, run by Chuck Rillo and Herbie Brooks. Um, and that uh, really is what helped me uh, get to the next level, developing my character. Um, so it, uh, it's, um, you know, there was never any pressure to, make the NHL or anything. It was more my dad was just kind of like, hey, if this is what you want to do, this is kind of the steps you need to take. Um, and I don't think I, I never, even when I got drafted by the Penguins, um, you know, some of my friends, you know, you're a daddy's pick or, or whatnot. But so I kind of use that as fuel to, you know, prove people wrong. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, having that uh, experience, uh, I think with my dad and the, he always would say, you know, there's first round draft picks that don't make it in the NHL. So I never thought I would actually ever play there until some of my teammates in college. When I was at St. Cloud State. I got to see uh, Mark Hardigan, Doobie Westcott, Tyler Aronson, some of my teammates, you know, would sign a contract and go play and watch them on TV. They'd say, oh, like, oh, geez, my buddies are playing in the league. Then maybe, <laughs> then maybe I have a chance as well. So that's when actually it kind of hit me when I was already at college. Um, you know, I, ha- I would have a chance uh, possibly to play in the NHL, um, but I knew there was still a lot of hard work uh, to keep going, and um, I was very fortunate enough to, um, you know, come into camp and have a good camp uh, in Pittsburgh and make that team the first year. And if I'm not mistaken, your dad was the head scout for the Penguins during the period when you were drafted in 99. Do I have that correct? Yes, and, um, you know, he, he tells me he's, him and the scouting staff, when they were, they were ranking players, uh, he would just step out of the room um, and let the guys, you know, rank me where they kind of thought. Okay. So uh, Herbie uh, was a good friend of ours and kind of really uh, – I got to lean on him a lot through St. Cloud uh, when I was there, and uh, he's the one that ended up drafting me uh, for the Penguins there. So it was a pretty cool uh, experience for myself uh, going down to the table and shaking hands with uh, all these guys that I was always very familiar with and kind of grew up around. So it was um, honestly a, a dream, a dream come true, a dream that I never thought was possible. So it was, uh, you know, it was just amazing. This was June of 99 when you were drafted. Did, did you, did you know, did your dad, was your dad able to let you know a few minutes beforehand or did you go, was your draft experience just like anybody else's that, the pick comes and you get the call and oh my goodness it's a surprise even to you and, and your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think you're sitting there and 
they were obviously busy uh, doing all the work, so I, I don't think he had time uh, to worry about myself. But, yeah, you sit up in the stands. You kind of just wait your turn um, and see where you might fall. I thought maybe I'd go to San Jose, which had the pick in front of me, and uh, the Grillos kind of ran that hockey camp in Minnesota. So I thought maybe I'd uh, land there. Um, if not, but obviously, uh, ultimately, the dream was to put on the black and gold sweater, and uh, I was able to do that. Okay, so it was obviously a dream come true, and at the time, you're a young guy, and you've got your whole career ahead. Now that you're not an old guy, but you're retired, and you're on this end of your career, and you look back on being a Pittsburgh guy, playing, getting drafted, and playing for the Penguins, how do you view the stars aligning and fate aligning with all of that now? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. I think um, I've always believed everything happens for a reason. And I think you're, as a young kid, you have that dream and you kind of have the, you know, you're the, the blinders on if you're in a horse race, uh, you know, and your, your goal is to make it to the NHL um, and uh, you're willing to do whatever you can to, to do that. So you make the sacrifices in the summer um, and uh, the discipline of, you know, putting in that time in the gym and all those things. And uh, ultimately, I never really had a backup plan. Um, and uh, I think my backup plan actually was to maybe go to Las Vegas and be a car dealer. So I make, <laughs> make good money hourly when I was without tips. So um, otherwise, uh, you know, hockey is an amazing sport. And you, you can travel the world and go play hockey in these amazing rinks over in Europe and see the world and bring your family. So Ultimately, if you have that passion and love for uh, for it, you can still uh, make a great life of it, even if you don't make it to the NHL. But um, ultimately, hockey was, uh, you know, that that passion and love for me. And um, to this day, I'm, I'm just very th- thankful and looking back at all the tremendous people that helped me, you know, achieve that goal along the way. And now it's really about giving back to the game uh, that has given me so much. So it's been. Um, yeah, a great, it was a great ride, and this is just uh, one chapter. Now we got that, you know, the second half of your your life to kind of give back to the game that's given you so much. So we're excited to do that. You make your NHL debut, debut with the Pens in a oh three oh four season. Then the following season, there's the lockout. What, what, what's going on in your mind at that time as a as a very young player um, with the everything was going on with hockey? You're trying to establish yourself. Now you got to miss a season here. Just what was that period like? Well, you learn very quick it's a business, and they don't care about your feelings. <laughs> and uh, and I mean, geez, I mean, we, they shut us down the whole year. They knew the fans would come back. They got the cap system they wanted. Um, and the you know the players, I feel of all the athletes, hockey players are very humble. Even to this day, you see guys taking all these, I want to say, pay cuts to be on you know a great team. You see in Colorado with those, those guys. And, you know, you have NBA players, uh, you know, making over 11 million sitting on the bench. You know, we have Connor McDavid just about making that. So, I mean, I think ultimately the, the players always sacrifice uh, for the great of the game because that's what they love. And they, they're not, uh, I would say, selfish in that regard of, you know, all about uh, the money. They think, you know, obviously millions of dollars is, is good. But uh, it um, it is. I guess it's tough to put put into words. I kind of lost my train of thought here, but uh, yeah, I lost. What I was I was actually talking about. That. <laughs> Let me ask you this: um, I have covered the Altoona Curve baseball team, Ryan, for twenty five years. 
during the season of the lockout, Paul Steigerwald came over and was the play-by-play broadcaster for the baseball team in Altoona for that season. One of the one of the great memories I have is the the moment the Penguins won the lottery to get to pick Sidney Crosby. Uh, I was in the clubhouse of the baseball team. Steige was there just going nuts. Everybody knew what what was at stake with the lottery with, with Sid and everything like that. And I just remember Paul Steigerwald uh, just absolutely losing it, jumping up and down, huge smile. I don't know if he cried or not. But uh, where were you in the world? Because I, I see you were playing what Finland and Italy and all. What, what do you recall? Do you recall following that when the Pens won the lottery and you knew you'd be getting Sidney Crosby? Just what that, what the potential of that could have meant? Uh, yeah, I was uh, on a golf course and somebody came uh, kind of running, running towards me to let us know um, that we're getting Crosby. So I thought um, that was obviously a pretty special moment. Um, in Pittsburgh, and that's right when Mario was, uh, you know, coming back for those last few years. And I think on paper that year we really built up, uh, obviously trying to go for the, the Stanley Cup. We built up a, a great team on paper, um, and obviously things didn't work out as, as planned, but it was uh, pretty special to kind of play with all those elite players those first few years uh, when Sid was there and get to experience, uh, you know, Sid – how he, uh, that character he has, and, you know, till this day, it, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't wavered. And it makes sense why he's, uh, one of the greatest players uh, to lace him up. And you guys had great success. You go on, you play for in the Stanley Cup finals in 07, 08. A lot of great career memories and experiences for you, I'm sure. What do you remember specifically about getting to the Cup finals? I, I mean, I had flashbacks just when I was a kid. I think, you know, 13, 14, uh, being in the stands with my brother uh, in the 91, 92 Cups um, with the Jaws posters and the Hay signs um, and just having so much fun. So to actually put on the sweater and have a chance to bring the Stanley Cup to the city uh, I grew up in was uh, something that, geez, I mean, once again, it's something you can only dream about. Uh, to be part of, and um, it was, uh, even though I ended up losing, that was definitely uh, the most fun I had playing hockey um, by by far when you're, you know, battling for the Stanley Cup is just what it's all about, and um, I loved every second of it. You you left following that season and went on to Tampa uh, and had a really good career there, but as fate would have it, the Penguins won the Cup <laughs> the first year you were gone. Uh, how do you look back on that? Do you, do you kind of shake your head and, and, and chuckle? Or do you get mad and angry? You want to throw something that you missed it by a year or what? No, I, I know. I think um, ultimately uh, I was leaving. I ended up getting traded with Roberts to Tampa. They traded our rights because ultimately I think they thought they were going to sign Hosa mm-hmm. um, on a nice deal. And then he jumped ship for a year to Detroit, I think, which caught everyone by surprise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything happens for a reason. And ultimately, yeah, you would like to stick around uh, and win a championship. But, you know, you never know how things might work out. So I think uh, it, all, it all worked out for a reason. And um, it was still great to see uh, the Penguins bring the, the cup to the city and the fans that uh, deserve it. So I thought uh, I was still cheering for him. And, um it is what it is. 
2010 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Had a great run in Vancouver. You end up losing to Canada in overtime. What, what was your, as you look back on your career, of all the highlights and everything, um, what would stand out the most? Getting to the cup finals, being a, a, a member of the of the Olympic hockey team, and I, I do want to ask you about that as well. But what what, what stands out the, the most as your favorite memory? Yeah, the Olympics were unbelievable. I mean, that's another uh, dream come true I never thought uh, would happen. And then have it in Canada on, uh, you know, it just coming so close. I remember before Sid scored two, Pavelski had a great opportunity in the slot, and Luongo made a great uh, shoulder save. Um, and then, of course, it's Sid uh, that buries it, so you can't feel too bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, just having that I think, relationship with uh, Herbie growing up as a kid um, and then, you know, making the Olympic team something I never thought I was able to do. I just I really thought it was kind of almost meant to be for us to win that uh, win that game, but um, you know that uh, it is what it is, and and you move on. But I think that that atmosphere and uh, playing at that high level with uh, all those great players was uh, just uh, really fun to be a part of. And uh, I was lucky and thankful for the opportunity to represent our country. Uh, what a great showing by that U.S. team! I mean, just just sensational. Uh, and I, I, I did not know this, or I could not find. Were you on the ice when the winning when the winning goal scored or not? No, no. We went in overtime with the Olympics. They went four on four, so I, did, I wasn't getting too many shifts uh, out there. We had a bunch of uh, great great players, but. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, we ended up beating Canada in the round robin, kind of before. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the game we probably should have lost. We they kind of outplayed us, and I thought actually in the gold medal game we kind of outplayed them, and maybe we're deserving a better fate. So it's just kind of funny how it works, and that's that's just hockey. So um, you know, you you take your uh, take your lessons and uh, move forward. We all. Everybody always says about hockey and sudden death, the, ga- the game can end literally, a championship can be decided literally in, in the blink of an eye. You won a silver medal for the United States. That's sensational. That, uh, But in, the, in that blink of an eye when Canada beat you, do, do you remember, like what's it like from a player's perspective, Ryan? Is there just a, a massive sinking feeling for a second or two or longer, or, or is it just – you you you've trained yourself mentally to know that something can end at any point. Yeah, I mean, um, at, at any level, when you, you're in those championship games, it comes down to a face-off, uh, a line change, even it comes down to the little details um, and all those good habits. Hopefully, you have throughout the year. I mean, that's the difference of winning or losing. You know, a puck might just bounce over a D stick or something. So, um, you know, you you, you kind of uh, try to earn your bounces. Um, and that's just uh, the, the way it goes, you know. You end up playing a, a handful more years in the NHL. What was it like at your at the end of your career? What what uh, what did you remember the most? What were um, some of your favorite stories later on uh, after after you leave Pittsburgh after the Olympics experience and everything? Yeah, there's uh, just a great group in Tampa um, going down there, and that's where Stammer kind of came in as an 18 year old as well, similar to Sid. So I kind of, um, you know, got to to help him uh, out a little bit there. We had, you know, Marty St. Louis, Vinny, uh, Teddy Purcell. We had a bunch of uh, great guys around. Um, you know, I remember coming back from 3-1 to the Penguins in the playoff series uh, in Tampa, which was uh, great. 
um, to be a part of. And, um, you know, lost a lot of uh, great friendships. And, um, you know, it was uh, an exciting place to play in Tampa, especially when you're winning um, this hockey paradise. You know, you got the beach and the rink. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's a great uh Great city, and they got a great owner down there now, and they're obviously doing uh, great things in Tampa. Uh, father and son both getting to the NHL, having long careers. Do you, do you and your dad uh, talk about hockey a lot? Your careers? What, what's what's that like? All these years later, now um, we don't really talk about it too much. I think it's uh, is was was it was. So um, yeah, I think um, there's a, a cool moment in Pittsburgh. There, um, my dad when he played. 78, 79, I think he won, like, the Players' Player Award. And then in uh, 07, 08, I ended up winning the same uh, <laughs> Players' Player Award. So I thought that was pretty cool and special. And then uh, my dad and I uh, hold the record with uh, the Halls uh, for the only father-sons to record hat-tricks for the same franchise. So I thought that was, you know, pretty cool looking back on some things, um, you know, that uh, we're part of in kind of the history books. But uh all in all, it was more about my dad always my, <clears throat> taught my brother I was more about the values and how you treat people. You know, just the, the janitor walking into the rink or the guy that owns the rink, you know, you treat everyone the same. And ultimately, you need to have that uh, good character and uh, be a better person is what life's all about. I, I love that, treating everybody the, the, the same. What are you up to these days, Ryan? And I do I, I know I want to talk about uh, the Warrior Cup Challenge that you have coming up on September 24th, which is an awesome, awesome thing. But tell the folks what you're doing now, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about the, the Warrior Cup Challenge. Yeah, we, uh, so I, I came back um, last year to kind of help out the, the Pittsburgh College Hockey Foundation with the RMU program that unfortunately was – um, you know, cut off from the school. So we uh, ended up bringing back the RMU programs next year. Um, and to myself, it really opened my eyes, again, how, how powerful and great the hockey community is. Um, and that uh, was just an amazing, um, I think, accomplishment to get those programs back and give uh, local kids that, that dream of maybe playing close to home. And it still shocks me that there's only one Division One program in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and they tried to get crazy. rid. And they tried to get rid of that. <laughs> I, I know. That's why I was uh, literally kind of in, <clears throat> in shock about that, especially living in Minnesota a few years, where everywhere, <clears throat> excuse me, wherever where you go, you know, you have Division One programs. It feels like just every two blocks. So um, that kind of opened my eyes uh, to some some great things. I think. Uh, our family can do. So we started the Malone family foundation. Um, we're, we're kicking off this big event and we're going to help support the Pittsburgh warriors. Um, you know, they're, they're saying hockey is healing and, uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> help support their veteran hockey league and, uh, help our veterans, um, you know, with some of their, uh, mental and physical fitness to, to kind of cut down on the 22 service members that commit suicide a day. Um, so that that's a big a big push for us, and we want to you know give give back uh, to the community um, for what it has given us, and uh, you know those values we learned in hockey and the joy and respect and all those values you know we want to pass on um, to, to the kids, and uh, we definitely want to use our little platform to help out uh, as many people as we can. Uh, moving forward and the warrior cup challenge is september 24th exactly what all will that entail 
that is going to entail at the moment we have um, we're probably going to have maybe four Pittsburgh Warrior teams with a few celebrities. I think we have the Pittsburgh Fire, Pittsburgh Police, um, and then two other teams. Um, just kind of a little uh, deck hockey tournament for the day, just all raising awareness um, for the Veteran Hockey League there so we can kind of support those guys this year um, and get them what they need. Um, so ultimately it's just going to be a, a great day for hockey. And it's going on during Collier Fest um, that Saturday. So there is uh, live music. Uh, there will be a bunch of uh, food and uh, beer for everyone. And I believe there's some other carnival games or even for the kids. So it should be a great day um, for everyone. And, um, and we're looking forward to the opportunity to, to spread the love. That is such a great story. We'll end on this, of, of being able to give back to community. Your, your dad plays professional hockey. You grow up in Pittsburgh. You're the first local uh, Pittsburgh guy to ever play for the Penguins. Now you come back and you try to give back to the hockey community now with this, with Robert Morse. Just, just how important is it to you to, to do that at this stage in your life? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, I think it's crazy when you look back. Maybe it's right like around those 40-year-olds, 40, 40 you know, you start looking back at uh, the choices you made and realize uh, I could have made some better choices here and there um, and how young you are and just kind of um, focus on your goal of, you know, success or reaching your dreams. And then, um, like I said, I was very uh, blessed to be able to, to do that. And now... I think, you know, you're still missing something. And then when you start giving back and seeing the effect it has on people, um, to me, that has just uh, blown me away and just has really filled my heart. So uh, that is definitely, uh, you know, top priority now is um, giving back uh, to, to others and helping them um, in this time of need. You know, it's a crazy, crazy world right now. So I think if we're shining the light on some positives, um, some maybe good habits you can change. Anything that can help people out in a positive way um, is what it's all about. So I think um, you know we're we're very uh, lucky and fortunate to 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 have to grow up there in Pittsburgh and kind of see the whole change of the hockey community. So we're very excited to come give back and uh, help it grow. And you know hopefully we have even some more Division One teams down the road here. All right, that's fantastic, man. Just tremendous, tremendous stories. Uh, really cool uh, with the upbringing and everything. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share all this with us, Ryan. Really, really appreciate it, man. Oh, no, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a good, crazy time. I always tell my kids, you just got to dream big and uh, never know what might happen. So, um, But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. All right. Thank you.